When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $15.99. Save $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. In the heart of San Francisco's Chinatown, overlooking the bay, sits Chinese Hospital. It's next to a Presbyterian church and a Chinese school and only steps away from a seafood market. Inside, past the sliding doors, patients linger in the hospital lobby, checking in for their appointments and being greeted by the staff in Chinese. So we speak their language, the staff, um, all of our nurses. um, We are able to communicate with patients in their primary language. Dr. Jessica Lee is the medical director of the emergency department at Chinese Hospital and a full-time emergency medicine physician. Now, the hospital originally opened its doors in 1925, becoming the first institution of its kind in the country. That's where the famous Bruce Lee was born, back in 1940. Our hospital also serves Chinese food to our patients because that's something that um, that they really appreciate. When we offer water to our patients, we're offering warmer hot water, which is the preference of many Asian, Chinese, um, especially elderly people. Those are some of the um, small things that we do um, that really help make our patients feel comfortable being here. Chinese Hospital is a major institution in San Francisco's Chinatown, serving an especially vulnerable population, elderly Chinese immigrants. Thanks to its tight-knit community and early prevention efforts, the Chinese Hospital successfully avoided the worst of the COVID-19 pandemic. But they're also dealing with another crisis, an onslaught of hate and violence against their community. For today's episode, I'm handing things over to CNN's Harmeet Kaur. She's going to tell us the story of San Francisco's Chinese hospital and how it came to be. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. So pandemic occurred during the most sensitive time, which is Chinese New Year, right? Normally that we have a lot of residents traveling to China back and forth for Chinese New Year. And we have parade, we have gathering, right, in Chinatown, like a lot of them. That's Dr. Jian Zhang, the CEO of Chinese Hospital. When COVID-19 first started spreading in China, it seemed inevitable that Chinatown would soon be hit hard too. At that point, we didn't have any case yet, and we couldn't even teach people to wear a mask because there were absolutely no mask at that time. Remember that that uh, people were sh- uh, you know shipping old PPE back to China, uh, and then here in the CVS or uh, Walgreens, the sh- the shelf uh, you know it was empty, right? And, and so it, it was scary, and um, so we did worry. Even before the virus arrived in the United States. Chinese hospital was already bracing for its impact. 
very early on, we created our, our COVID hotline, bilingual, and we uh, prepare the hospital site, you know, really at a policy level. And we created the bilingual educational material and work very early on. We uh, work with the community, reach out to the community to do education. And because we prepare so early, when the pandemic actually hit, we were more ready. The pandemic could very well have been a public health disaster for Chinatown. Many of the neighborhood residents live in crowded single-room occupancy hotels, a form of low-income public housing. And where can be one room, there could be four um, people living in that like 10 square meter type of uh, room. And then, so what they'll do is that, that they share a bathroom, share a kitchen. And so that's why, that's the area, there's nowhere you can social distance in, right? And so that, that's why we shifted a lot of our operation from hospital base to the community base. And so we deploy teams, what we call COVID teams, to the community to do education, to do uh, contact tracing later on when there was case, and then to do testing and to give vaccines uh, uh, now. The hospital helped many in San Francisco's Chinatown escape the worst of the pandemic. But this isn't the first major challenge that Chinese hospital has confronted. The hospital's history is actually rooted in another public health crisis, more than a century ago. These kind of major infectious disease threats, like the plague, smallpox, was also emerging at the time. And uh, Chinese Americans became scapegoats for that. They were blamed in 1900, San Francisco Chinatown was actually quarantined for, I believe it's three months, because they were blamed um, for spreading the disease. And so Chinese Americans were policed. They couldn't leave um, Chinatown. That's Lorraine Hom, an assistant professor of political science at California State Polytechnic University. She's written about the history of Chinese hospital, and she has a personal connection, too. I'm actually originally from San Francisco, and my mom was raised in San Francisco Chinatown. She was born in the Chinatown Hospital. Han says that to understand the origins of Chinese hospital, you have to understand the history of Chinatown itself. And so that was established with the arrival of mass immigration of early Chinese immigrants in the uh, mid to late 1800s. And at that time, they were facing a lot of exclusionary um, policies, uh, most notably um, the Chinese Exclusion Act, which limited immigration, barred Chinese immigrants from being citizens and thus limited their rights and privileges and benefits that they could get from mainstream institutions as well as um, kind of government entities as well. And they were also facing everyday racial discrimination and um, local policies that racially segregated them. So that's how one of the major reasons why these uh, Chinatowns formed. And these Chinatowns were also severely neglected by mainstream institutions. And so the communities themselves kind of took care of each other. By the late 1800s, Chinese immigrants all across the country had become targets of racism and discrimination. At the same time, their communities were hit with several outbreaks of infectious disease. So um, Chinatown was seen as the source of where these diseases emerged. And Chinatown was a neglected neighborhood. And so they were kind of, again, kind of left with these poor conditions, overcrowding and conditions um, like that. For that they were blamed um, for a lot of these diseases, which also further kind of 
excluded and isolated them. A lot of it was they were saying, oh, it's their cultural traits, it's their behaviors, it's the way they live, and that kind of othering um, that happens. People in Chinatown felt alienated by the existing healthcare system. So Chinatown leaders took matters into their own hands. Around 1900, they opened a dispensary that catered specifically to the needs of Chinese immigrants. That grew and grew. By the early 1920s, they had raised enough money to open a full-fledged hospital for the community, by the community. And so it was kind of community-operated and owned um, from the very beginning, um, since 1925. And it was also kind of an, a unique space because it was not only providing both this Western medicine and traditional Chinese medicine for the community, but it was also a site where some of the first Chinese American doctors who were trained in the U.S. Um, were able to practice because they were also kind of excluded from mainstream hospitals, other hospitals from practicing there. Just as Chinese immigrants were scapegoated for disease outbreaks back in the 1800s, Asians and Asian Americans today are being falsely blamed for COVID-19. Since the pandemic began, they faced harassment, violence, and racial slurs. Chinese hospital has seen this impact firsthand. I definitely do think that violent attacks um, and racist attacks are continuing to increase and escalate, um, especially since the pandemic. Patients who have been walking on the street and have had their carts pushed um, uh, while they're walking um, and end up, you know, suffering some, um, suffering some trauma, traumatic injuries, um, you know, uh, pelvic, pelvic injuries. That's Dr. Jessica Lee again, the emergency department director at Chinese Hospital. It's really distressing to know that people are being targeted because of their race or culture or gender or or age. These violent attacks, especially on the elderly, are just heartbreaking. And I can't wrap my head around it all. It's just senseless, especially going after elders who are one of the most vulnerable populations. The attacks have left many patients at Chinese Hospital afraid. Here's hospital CEO Dr. Jian Zhang again. We have seen seniors that, uh, you know, are scared and then they don't want to come out to seek medical care. And now even COVID vaccines, they don't dare to get out of the house. They're scared. And even our employees are scared to come to work. Think about it that they, uh, many of them are taking public transportation. And then, you know, all those uh, uh, attacks happening in uh, public transportations or uh, on the street, it's concerning. The Stop AAPI Hate Reporting Center says they've received nearly 4,000 complaints about incidents of racism and discrimination against Asian Americans in the past year. COVID-19 is not a Chinese virus. It, It can infect anybody. But here in San Francisco Chinatown community, we have done tremendous amount of work to prevent a major outbreak. And so I think our successful story has proved that COVID-19, it's uh, preventable and controllable. So using COVID-19 as an excuse against Asian, it's wrong and it needs to stop. The past year has been challenging. There was the pandemic and then the racism. A century ago, 
the residents of San Francisco's Chinatown came together to help each other. And this year, they've done it again, donating money, supplies, and services. Even after all this time, Chinese Hospital is still doing what it first set out to do, care for its community in a way no other hospital could. When people are sick, then different culture has a different ways of healing, right? So in Chinese culture, a, a lot of, it's not just the medication, just the doctor, right? There's a lot of other pieces to it. The diet, right? The, the food and then the, um, the environment and your uh, healthcare providers are speaking your language. So I think that, and for Chinese hospital to be here to provide culturally and linguistically competent care, it's just, just really important to the community. Chinese hospitals never just a hospital to me. It's very much part of the history of a Chinese American. Throughout its history, Chinese hospital has been an antidote to the racism and systemic barriers faced by so many in San Francisco's Chinatown. It's a story of resistance and resilience, of people that have come together time and time again to protect themselves against numerous threats. If you have questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on the next podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. We all do things our own way. And since the way that each of us sleeps is unique, you need a bed that fits you just the right way. Sleep Number Smart Beds make your sleep experience as individual as you are, using cutting-edge technology to give you effortless, high-quality sleep every night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 Smart Bed is only $15.99. Save $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.